You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. come a point in your life where you've got to do a turnaround and say I trust God with my past I'm going to check and make sure that I am faithful to God in my present so that I can have a glorious future if anyone had a terrible past with Joseph but he kept sight on the promise of God. He kept sight on the word of God. He kept sight of what God had given him. God had given him a prophetic word. And God had given him a, a word and a promise and a vision. God had given him dreams before he ever had this terrible experience of being sold by his brothers. you got to understand that, that, it, that the word that God gave him was so personal. It was, listen to me closely, it was a word of promotion. It was a word of provision, and it was a word of purpose. God gave him that. Can you hold on to that word when everything turns around, when everything is but the prophetic word that God gave you, when everything is but the provision, when everything is but his purpose? Can you hold on to that word? It was a word, the Bible says, that tested him proved him and sometimes the trials in your life that come your way is God's way of shaping you and molding you and making you and wanting to know can you hold on to his word because if there's anything that's going to hold you up in the next season of your life it's the word of God the word proved them. Do you trust me? The word proved them. Do you feel that when you're in the waters, I'll be with you? Do you believe that when you go through the fire, you will not burn? Do you believe that I am your God, even though all things are going to pieces? Do you believe that I am your provider, even though you don't got a job? Do you believe the word of the Lord proved them? It was like God saying, do you believe everything I told you, Joseph? Do you believe the dreams that I showed you, Joseph? Do you believe the revelation I gave you, Joseph? Do you believe the prophetic word? I know you're in chains. I know you're in jail. I know it doesn't seem like what I told you. But do you still trust me that I can make something good out of everything that seems to be going bad? The word of the Lord will prove you and will prepare you for your purpose. Job understood that. In Job chapter 23 verse 10, he knows, but, but, but he knows the pathway that I take. If he tested me, wow, if he tested me, I would come forth like gold. Did you hear that? He says, if anybody knows me, it's God, is what he is saying. God knows how I'm walking. And God, if you want to test me, test me. But at the end of that test, you're going to find me like gold. You see, gold, in order to get the pureness of gold, heat has to be added and fire has to be added. And you've got to make it hotter and hotter until you finally get it to the degree that it is pure gold. What Job was saying is, go ahead and test me, God. At the end of this, I will come out as gold. You've got to understand that the trials that come your way are not to, to disqualify you, are not to deviate you from your purpose and your calling. The trials that come your way are simply God forming you for your next season of your life and what God is going to do through you. Um, 
Nahum, do you ever knew there was a book called Nahum? Not like Nahum? No, 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 no Nahum. Chapter 1, verse 9. This is for about 10 of you here. The rest of you are still trying to find Genesis. Nahum 1, verse 9. Listen to what it says. The Lord will completely destroy anyone making plans against him. I'm going to stop right there. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for who? So if anyone is trying to mess with the plans that God has for you, let me put it this way. You mess with what's mine, you're messing with me. You mess with her plans, you're, you're messing with me because I know the plans I, I, I have for her. That they're not her plans, that they're my plans. Are you catching that? So listen to what he says. He says, the Lord will completely destroy anyone making plans against him. Making plans against your marriage, making plans against your ministry, making plans against your family, making plans against your finances. If they are messing with you, God is saying, you're messing with me. And he says, anyone who, the Lord will completely destroy anyone making plans against him. Listen, trouble will not come a second time. Let, let me break that down for you. It's not saying that you're not going to get trouble again. It's basically saying there comes a point sometime where that trouble we're not you're not going to deal with that trouble again are, are you listening to what, what i'm saying this issue is done you're not going to face it again Th that sickness is done you're not going to face it again that problem is done with there may be coming other problems but not this one again that's what the word of god is saying he's saying if you hold on to my word and you allow me to prove and you allow me to shape and you allow me to try you and you come out like gold i guarantee you you will not deal with that issue again. Are you listening? It is a test. And as long as you fail the test, you will go through it again and again and again and again and again. But when you finally learn to trust God and do it God's way, you will not face that again. Somebody ought to thank God for that. Because today you're realizing I don't have to deal with this again. I'm still in Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter 41, verse 50, 51. It says, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Listen, he had two sons. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. And he names him Manasseh because he said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. There are two sons. The first one, he names him Manasseh. This is a principle if you want to be victorious and an overcomer in the areas of your life that you're struggling with. He says, I'm going to name him Manasseh. The name Manasseh means to forget. To forget. The future of Joseph 
would have been totally destroyed if he kept walking backwards, looking at his past deceptions and his past pain and his past mistreatments. Are you listening? Are you hearing what I'm saying? His future would have been done with if he was walking backwards, like I mentioned, always looking at the past. And when he says, God made me forget, it has to deal with forgiveness. It has to deal with forgiveness. You cannot forget certain things if you don't forgive. I think some of y'all just got a dose of anesthesia and God's doing some kind of surgery on you. Because I've never heard, I, I was with my dad for about 12 days in the hospital and when when they did this procedure, uh, they, they had him in anesthesia and he never said anything. He couldn't talk. He was numb while they did the procedure. So maybe that's where we are right now. Because there ain't no amends, there ain't no clapping on this point here. Listen. He made me forget that there are some things that you might not totally forget, although God can, can make that happen. But what it means is that God takes away the pain and God takes away the, 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 the hurt that is associated with that suffering. He said, God made me forget. It says, all my trouble. He, he made me forget the, the hurt, the pain, the sadness. He made me forget those episodes of my life. And listen to me closely. Resentment and bitterness are the weeds that infect, are the weeds that bring sickness, bring poison, and paralyze and finally kill your Ephraim. Two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh means he made me to forget. Ephraim means doubly blessed and if you can't forgive and you carry resentment and you carry bitterness in you you are killing your Ephraim you are killing the moments of life that God has for you to bless you to overwhelm you to astonish you to heal you and he says I got two kids and the first one has to be Manasseh because the word forgives in the Greek means to, to set free, to let go, to free completely. When you forgive somebody, you let them go. When you forgive somebody, you release them. And I fear to say that some of you have not been able to enjoy your present. It's not what you hoped for. Why? Because you're still looking at the past and the things that wounded and hurt you from the past. That you're bringing that into your present and you're not being fair to your present. Much less create a glorious future for your life. In the New Testament, this, this word to forgive 
has this secular feeling and it refers to, listen, cancel a debt. Releasing somebody from an obligation of a contract or commitment or promise. I release you. I forgive you. I know you didn't fulfill your part. I know you didn't do what you said you were going to do. I, I, but you know what? I release you. I forgive you. That's what forgiveness is. You release that person from that. Per and and, and here's, here's the problem that I have, that, that there's some people that aren't going to be able to pay anything back to you. One, because some of them already died and you still have them holding on to something that they're not going to be able to do anymore. And you haven't been able to forgive or release. And you keep walking backwards. Life is that way, but you're walking like this. So Joseph understood and he says, my first son, before I can move forward, I've got to deal with my past. And he names him Manasseh. God who made me forget. Turn to somebody and say, let it go. Say, let him go. Let her go. Let it go. Tell him it's not worth it. The Bible says that he named his first son Manasseh because God made me forget my trouble. That word trouble means, like I said, the, the, the hurt and the pain that he dealt with. But what, what he was saying is not, I didn't forget my family and forgot them all. But what he's saying is that, that, that it, it, I, I wouldn't be able to move forward if I didn't forgive my family, forgive my brothers, and forgive my father. It says, God made me forget what they did. Joseph, at the age of 17, was sold as a slave till he was the age of 30. He had a long list of things they had done to him. He had a long list of things that he could have pointed out. You don't think he, he had for a moment, aside of being physically imprisoned, Mentally and emotionally, he was held in his own prison. Thinking of why did they take my coat of many colors and, and, and why did they lie to my dad that I had been eaten by some beast? Why did they throw me in, in, in a, a, a uh, you know, there's so many things that you can learn from, from Joseph. If you're going to throw me in at least a 20-foot well, I'd like for it to have water, in a sense, because it could break my fall. Hello. If there's no water, the fall will break me. And the Bible says that his, where he was thrown in that well, there was no water. And the Bible doesn't register that when they pulled him out, he was limping, he was broken, he, he had a broken leg, broken arm, broken shoulder, nothing. There's, there's so many things you could... You could Talk about Joseph. That there's some things that God makes you go through it twice. Like he was thrown in a well and then he's thrown into a dungeon. Like they took away his robe of many colors. And then the Potiphar's wife took his robe again. Hello. There's some things that. God allows you to go twice so that your faith will increase that if God brought me out of this one, <laughs> he's going to bring me out of this one too. That, 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 
Joseph has to forgive because he realizes, listen, that the robe that he now has as a governor, the robe that he now has as a governor made him forget the robe of many colors that his brothers had taken from him. The robe that he has now as governor of Egypt made him forget the robe that Potiphar's wife took from him and then falsely accused him. Are you listening? He says, if I want to be able to see God's hand on my life and see the promotion he promised, to see the provision that he promised, and to see a prophetic word fulfilled in my life, I've got to let go of the past so that I can now be dressed in God's robe that allow me to forget the past robes I've had. Hello, somebody. So, has this new robe on. The Bible says how God wants to deal with our past. Job 11.16. It says, you will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Anybody want to forget their misery? I'm going to give you a, maybe it's not the best picture of how to see that. But what do you do after you go to the potty? And everything that was there was flushed away. Hello. And if we're sincere, everything that comes out of our body that the potty is used for is not good for us. Hello. That's why we're discarding it. And if you don't discard it, and if you don't get rid of it, it can infect you. Hello? You can have a, 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 a gallbladder infection. You, you could have a, a kidney infection. Stones can begin to... Are you listening? And it begins to destroy that. And so what happens when, when you go normally? You, you flush the toilet and let everything go back. Hello, somebody. And what God is saying, I can take all of the bad memories and flush them down. Oh, I, I wish there was somebody here that is thankful that there's a God that's concerned for your past that he's willing to take care of it he says you will forget your misery and it will be like water flowing away God told the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah that there would come a time there would come a time when they would forget the mistreatment that they were receiving it's in Isaiah 54 4 it says do not be afraid you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. You will forget the shame of your youth. I know you've been mistreated. I know you might have been abused. I know you might have been physically abused. I know you might have been uh, 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 verbally abused. I know you've had seasons in your life that have been painful and that have made you bleed. And, but I want you to know there comes a time where God says you will forget. You will forget. You will forget that shame of your youth. I've come to tell somebody today that you've got to trust God today. That God did not allow you to stay home 
that God did not allow you to go to Galveston today. You wanted to go with family and friends, but you said, no, something is impulsing me and pushing me to get to the house of God. And you came here today, whether it was because it's Sunday and I've got to go to church. But however you came today, you came to hear a word from God to let you know you came so that I could tell you you're about to forget everything that has happened in your life that has brought shame, that has sat you down, that has kept you quiet, that has kept you embarrassed. Today, God is saying, I'm going to put an end to that. You know, Paul, if anybody had bad seasons, musicians, you can make your way to the altar, to the platform. If there was anybody who had a terrible past, if there was anybody that could live in remorse the rest of his life. Can you imagine being a murderer? Can you imagine going to wherever Christians were being gathered and grabbed them with letters from the government saying they're worshiping and and I have the right to take them to get executed? That was Paul. That was the Apostle Paul, that from a very young age, listen to me, from a very long age, young age, you remember, if you know Bible, you remember when they stoned Stephen? That they were stoning Stephen to death? Read that story, and the Bible says that Paul was there holding the cloaks of those that were stoning him. But Paul was saying, I- I'm not old enough yet to stone this guy. But I want them to know that I'm with them that are stoning them. Here, I'll hold, I'll hold your cloak so you have a better shot and a better strength to throw that rock against that guy. From a young age. Then he has an encounter with God. And God turns his life around. But he has a terrible past. And he writes to the Philippians to Philippi, and he writes to them in Philippians 3.13. He says, there's so many things. I've not achieved what I want to achieve yet. I'm not where I should be. He goes in verse 13, but I focus on this one thing. How could you focus on your present and on your future when you're focusing and facing always and walking backwards and facing your past? If you drive, why do you think, and I've said it before, why do you think you have a big windshield in your car and a little rear view mirror? Keep your eyes on that rear view mirror and you're going you're gonna to wreck your car. It's only there to glance at the past. Not so that the past can haunt you and not so that the past can hurt you, but that you could see what you passed up. I, I wish there was somebody here that understood. So you could see what, what, what's in behind you and, and just see what God has in front of you. So that you could see maybe a little bit of the pain of the past, but see in front the glorious future where God is taking you. So Paul says, I've done one thing. I, I've got to focus, he says. I've got to focus on one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You don't do that walking backwards. 
You can't focus on what it says here. You can't focus forward, looking forward, and what lies ahead, walking backwards. There has to come a season in your life where you say, I'm done looking at the past. I'm done walking backwards. I'm done messing up the present and my, my present by tripping because I'm looking at the past. I'm going to make a U-turn and I'm going to move forward. And he says, I am doing this one thing. I focus. I focus on this one thing. What are you focusing on? Forgetting the past and looking forward some of you can't even say that. Some of you can't even say, I look forward going home today after service. Some of you can't even say, I look forward to going to work tomorrow. Some of you can't even say, I look forward to a brand new day. Some of you are so caught up in the past that you just wish this was the end of the world today and I didn't have to face anything. If you could just turn around and focus on what God's plans are for your life now and in the future, you don't have to be taunted by the past. Focus on this one thing. Turn to somebody and tell them, you've got to focus on this one thing. Forget the past. Focus on forgetting the past. Listen, focusing on forgetting the past is not looking at the past. Focusing on forgetting the past is not looking at the past and moving forward to what God has for you. I, I, I finish with this one verse, Ecclesiastes 5.20. I love this scripture. God keeps such people so busy. This is what it says. God keeps such people so busy, what? Enjoying what? Life. Life is now. Life is what you're living now. Life is what you see ahead of what God is going to do. And he says, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Are you listening? Came out, YouTube ain't got time for that. He says, with what God gives you, when you're looking forward, when you understand his plans and know that he says, you mess with my plans, I will destroy you. And we're not going to deal with this twice. And he says, God keeps such people so busy enjoying life. I tell Alazar and Cynthia, one of the greatest gifts, aside of giving us a grandbaby, one of my greatest gifts is to allow me, whenever I can, to go at night and put him to sleep. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give me. I enjoy life. I sing to him. I pray tongues over him. I, I pray for him because he doesn't know how to pray yet. I pray for him as if he's praying and becoming a prophet to the nations. I have that moment. And when I'm with that moment, that little boy, enjoying life, I totally forget of what's happening in the God wants to bring you to that point in your life that you can enjoy life, that you ain't got time 
to brood over the past. You got time to fuss over the past. You ain't got time to entertain your mistakes of the past. You ain't got time to give Satan what he wants and give him the best. And that's giving him. The blood of Jesus says that he cleanses from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. The Bible says to the prophet that not only does he forgives us from our sins and he casts them away from us, but he says he throws them into the midst, into the bottom of the sea. And I believe that he puts a sign that says, no fishing! God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Would you stand to your feet right now? He's a faithful God. He knows all the hurts that you've been through. He knows the struggles that you have faced knows the pain that you are enduring even now but some of that pain has nothing to do with the present some of that pain you're still carrying it from the past and today God brought you today here to say I'm done with that I'm not gonna deal with that anymore I'm gonna hold on to his promise he is faithful giving up is not a choice Being an overcomer is our right.